1: Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. What
2: follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
0: The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, The unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities
2: the day after halloween
0: it is the day after halloween
2: it's always such a sad day
0: yes
3: we have to put away the halloween decorations although we We really really didn't didn't have have any (laughs) this year halloween's not a big thing in, uh, in Ecuador. No. it's I, I was kind of surprised. Tomorrow is the Day of the Dead. Yes, that's true. Day and of
2: the Dead. We're in the midst of Cuenca Fest, which is like this huge week-long festival to celebrate the independence of Cuenca.
3: Yeah, we were downtown last night and uh, parking was at a premium and crowds were everywhere. and We're like, wow, they, they're really celebrating Halloween. And no. then we realized, no, it's... They weren't. It was... Cuenca fest um, and we had nobody knock on our door to trick-or-treat but you left a bowl of candy in the hallway and then we got afraid that perhaps one of the dogs in the in the building might eat it so <laughs> so that was our Halloween yep but thank you for all of the entries for this year's Halloween special. My gosh, I wish we could have used them all. We used as many as we could. The ones we didn't use, if you sent us a story and we haven't used it, we've saved it. And uh, we will make use of it somehow, sometime in the near future. Don't know how yet, though. So get off our backs.
2: That was so aggressive. That was Sweetheart.
3: That's a new, that's a new uh, character I'm developing.
2: Aggressive podcast guy?
3: Aggressive angry podcast guy. <laughs>
2: It's not my favorite. No, okay. I really like the character you came up with the other night. Nervous card-playing man. Yeah. Oh, I don't know which card to discard. (laughs) Are you going first?
3: Yes, I am. Okay. Now, I'm going to try really hard to pronounce the name of this town correctly. It's Portuguese.
2: Portuguesa.
3: The small village of Candida Godoy.
2: Oh, my God. I was really hoping you were going to be like the small town of Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay.
3: de Godoy is located in Rio Grande do Sol in Brazil, close to the Argentine border. It's a place where a fascinating mystery has unfolded. It's a quiet farming community with a very modest population, about 7,000 people. Okay. But they have a twin birth rate there that stands out distinctly, approximately of births in the the small town result in twins. Now that's much, much higher than the state's average. And for comparison, twin births account for approximately 3% of live births here in the US. And this has caused quite a stir. Why is this happening? Mm. And there have been several theories proposed to explain this peculiar phenomenon. Some of the locals, for instance, they believe that the high twin, twin rate is due to environmental factors. Yeah, that would be my guess. That would be my guess, too. Off the top, a popular belief is that there literally might be something in the in water. The water. <laughs> yeah, literally. The mineral composition or other elements that are present in the local water sources could potentially influence ovulation or f- fertility in some way. So that's a possibility. In fact, Durley Grimm, which is a great name. Amazing name.: A resident of the town once mentioned in an interview to the New York Times, it can't all be explained by genetics, but the truth remains that many of the town's water sources have yet to undergo comprehensive testing, so this leaves room for speculation.: sure. Another line of thought centers around the diet of the town's inhabitants. And they've compared this to a uh, a Nigerian village. The village is called Igbu Ora. And Igbu Ora has a significantly high twinning rate as well. Comparable to, but not quite as high, as Candido Godoy.
2: And they have a similar diet?
3: Similar. And some experts think that uh, the dietary components may play a role. A role In Igbo Ora, research suggests that a type of yam consumed by the mothers might stimulate the ovaries to release multiple eggs and that would increase the chances of twin births of course a yam a yam which is how my mom used to pronounce it
2: a yam okay was your mom forrest gump
3: i think tom hanks based that character (laughs) on on my mom's speaking style yeah Uh uh-huh So a similar dietary pattern or a specific food consumed by the people in Brazil might have a similar effect. This has been proven in Nigeria. Okay. Another intriguing theory links the phenomenon to the earth itself. Some believe that certain minerals in the soil uh, could be absorbed by crops and consumed by the inhabitants, and that could enhance fertility rates. For instance, There's ongoing research into nutrients like folic acid, which is believed to increase the chances of multiple births. But then there's another intriguing theory that has been proposed. It's a chilling theory that the surge in twin births might be the work of none other than the the infamous Dr. Joseph Mengele. What? The angel of death, the Nazi doctor known for his Painous experiments. Oh, did he escape to that part of the world? He did indeed. He didn't die until 1979. That's too bad. The theory gained traction because this little village isn't just unique for its twin births, but also for its predominantly blonde-haired, blue-eyed, German-speaking inhabitants. Oh. Argentine historian Jorge Camarasa, in his book Mengala, the angel of death in South America, suggests that Mengele might have visited a nearby German settlement in the 1960s, and then soon after, the rate of twin births spiraled. Local legend does speak of a, a mysterious German doctor who could have been Mengele under the pseudonym Dr. Weiss was, was in the area at the time and took an unusual interest in the pregnant women of the village. Stories of strange potions, blood withdrawals, and other secret activities filled in local lore, adding fuel to an already blazing fire of speculation. A former mayor of Candido Godoy uh, attempted to research the twin mystery on his own and kept coming across the name Rudolf Weiss.
2: Which is not very creative. Weiss in German means white, which is kind of the Nazi vibe.
3: Ooh, Wow, I didn't put that together. Well done.
2: Well, you know I'm learning German, so.
3: Weiss was a German medic who was reported to have treated various local women for varicose veins, offering them strange potions and taking their blood. Many in the village now accept that Dr. Weiss was actually the exiled SS doctor, Joseph Mengele. I hate that. Yeah, I know, I know. And I think most people know who Joseph Mengele was, Mm. but just uh, for those of you who may not know the depth of the evil of this man, he's associated with the darkest chapters of World War II. He was infamously known as the Angel of Death due to his position as the chief physician at the Auschwitz concentration camp in Poland.
2: When you said he's associated... I thought you were going to say he's a sociopath,
3: and both were were right. Both work. At Auschwitz, Mengele's obsession with genetics, racial purity, and twin studies became a grim reality for countless unfortunate twins that had been imprisoned. At the Auschwitz concentration camp, Mengele conducted gruesome experiments on inmates, with twins being his primary interest. Mm. He believed that studying twins would help unlock the secrets of heredity and would aid in bolstering the Aryan race, the Nazi ideal of a racially pure superior human. The um, abominable Procedures that he subjected these twins to, and many of them were just children, ranged from forced sterilization and amputation to vivisection and lethal injections. In his twisted view, studying the effects of these procedures on one twin while using the other as a control was a way to better understand genetics. Uh, Many of his, quote, patients Uh, did not survive Mm. the torturous methods, and those who did were often left with life-altering physical and psychological damage. After the collapse of the Third Reich in 1945, Mengele was among several high-ranking Nazis who fled to South America. In a bid to evade capture, Mengele moved between Argentina, Paraguay, and Brazil. It was during these years that the theory about his possible presence in Candidito Godoy, came to light. The town's demographic with a high percentage of German-speaking blonde-haired, blue-eyed residents seemed like a fitting place for Mengele to continue his sinister work.
0: Mm.
3: Now, despite the allure of this theory, concrete evidence linking Mangala to that village remains elusive. It's a controversial topic, and critics point out that there is no documented evidence of Mengele's direct presence in the town. However... The most plausible explanation isn't maybe as sensational as Nazi experiments, but stems from inbreeding. Geneticist Ursula Mattei in 2009 conducted a study and revealed that this little village has an unusual volume of inbreeding. Uh, Such practices often lead to passing on a specific genetic trait, including those increasing the likelihood of twin births. Uh, Dr. Maté's uh, research identified a particular gene which is prevalent in the women of the town, and that ups the chances of twin births.
2: Aw, oh, I think I prefer yams.
3: In a, in a blow to the Mengele connection, an extensive analysis of a, a little over 6,600 baptism records from the past 80 years highlighted that the twin phenomenon predates Mengele's speculated arrival in that area. Ah. Thus, while the enigma of Candidito Godoy might have its origins in Germany, it's unlikely that Joseph Mengele had any hand in it. But it is a very bizarre coincidence that he was in that general area at uh, that time when there was an uptick in Twin birthing, even though it had been going on since the 30s. So, while mysteries do surround this peaceful Brazilian town, one thing remains clear. Sometimes the truth is less sensational, mm. but equally intriguing. I got my information from the BBC, the New York Times, Ranker, and the book Mengala, the Angel of Death in South America by Jorge Camarasa. As a side note, have you ever heard of Mengala farm machinery? No. It was a company established in 1907 by Carl Mengele, called Carl Mengele and Sons, and became one of the most successful farm equipment manufacturers in Europe. One of the aforementioned Sons was none other, was none other than Joseph Mengele. Mengele was one of Europe's largest farm equipment manufacturers in the 1980s, up up until the 1980s.
2: Why couldn't he have stuck with, like...
3: Carl's Farm Machinery?
2: Farm Innovation.
3: Oh, you mean Joseph. Yeah, Yeah, right. Do genetic testing on plants. So even though Mengele Farm Equipment was the largest farm equipment manufacturer in the 1980s in Europe... It did need to be rescued from bankruptcy by the Bavarian government. The company was eventually sold in uh, 2010 and then taken over by Agco in 2017. And just out of curiosity, I uh, I did a little Google searching, mm-hmm. and you can still find Mengala farm equipment for sale online. In fact, I found a used Mengala self-loading manure spreader, which seems appropriate. Seems about right. Yeah.
2: You were just saying the other day that you wish we had a bunch of manure. Why were you saying that?
3: Because there were kids in the park below our balcony (laughs) being noisy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's right. Also, I'd like to start eating more yams. I know they're like related to sweet potatoes, sort of, but they're not the same. And I don't know how, the only way I know that people make yams is the sweet way. And that does not appeal to me at all.
3: That's the candied yams. Yeah, no yeah. thank you. Yeah, I never liked those.
2: So are there are there savory yam recipes? I'm, I'm
3: sure there are. If you know some, send them in.
2: Do you feel like I'm always asking you to do something? I'm so sorry. But also do do it though.
3: Yeah. Yeah, usually it's food-related, I've noticed. Yeah, well. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca.
2: And when kids can start to reason that they get something, if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them.
3: Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help.
2: Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills.
3: Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. at checkout and you will save thanks aura frames for bringing my family a little bit closer
0: and now that thing in the middle
3: as we mentioned earlier in this episode there were a number of submissions for Halloween stories that uh, we we weren't able to get into the two episodes Uh, some of them were not recorded we had a few that had uh, been written and sent in and we didn't want all of that to go to waste so the thing in the middle is one of those written stories, and Kat is going to tell it to you now.
2: This story comes from Sherry. She sent a couple of stories, and the first, she says, happened about 20 years ago. My dad was in a fatal car accident. Naturally, relatives were in town for the funeral. My aunt, his sister, and her friend were staying at my parents' house, as was I. We were all sitting on the big sectional couch sharing stories of my dad, things that he did that made us laugh, how helpful he was to others, and how we were awed by the amount of people that had come for his viewing to share their stories. This was later in the evening, around 11 p.m. or so. My parents' living room is rather large. There's probably 10 feet or so between the then sectional and the mantle over the fireplace. As we were talking about my dad, all of a sudden, every picture frame on the mantle fell off. The way it happened, it was as if somebody walked by and swiped them off the mantle. One might think, well, if one falls, it would be a domino effect. The only problem with that theory is there was a clock in the middle of the mantle, so the pictures were on either side. Needless to say, we were a little freaked out, but also comforted in the thought that he was there with us, hearing our stories and knowing how much we loved him. Emily sent me a screenshot from the show My Strange Addiction, and it said, In the last five years, Melissa has spent over $500,000 on psychics. That's enough money to buy 416 poodles. (laughs) And Emily wrote, Cat math! Cat ( productivity) math. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is the
2: way that i would translate that too of course it, well, how many poodles could i buy with hmm. that of course i wouldn't buy a poodle you know no. i'm an adopt don't shop kind of person <laughs>
3: <laughs> good luck trying to find 500 stray poodles that's all i have to say i could do it will sent us a message hey cat and jethro while listening to box 582 i think i experienced a boo effect I was folding clothes and during your email segment, one of the writers mentioned that they were cleaning up from a previous wedding. Long story short, they found pieces of rubber shoes from a prior wedding, yeah. which was funny because that's what happened at our wedding wedding reception. My shoes disintegrated yep. uh, during during the uh, festivities. And Will says, I couldn't help but laugh because this just happened to my partner and I a couple of weeks ago at our wedding. Yeah. We both listened to that segment together, and he felt relieved that we weren't the only couple that this has happened to. We were about to go barefoot, but luckily, one of my friends found a shoe near the venue and saved the wedding. I have included pictures of the crumbled shoe. Thank you for your show. We are avid freaks.
2: This is such an interesting phenomenon, because I've never heard of people's shoes disintegrating on other days.
3: It just seems to be at wedding receptions, or weddings...
2: I assumed it was because your dancing is fire.
1: <coughs> Maybe that's it. Wanna learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: The Box of Oddities with Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth. So what do you have for me this fine day?
2: Have you ever heard of the painting called The Hands Resist
3: Him? No, it sounds familiar, but no. Well,
2: it is a fairly well-known painting created by artist Bill Stonham in 1972. And this painting has gained significant attention and has become known pretty widely as The Haunted eBay Painting. Why? Well, there are a few reasons and we'll get into it, but we can start with the eerie and general upsettingness of the subject matter. So in this painting, you've got this dark, expressionless faced young boy standing alongside a doll girl with empty eyes and a sad downward frowning mouth. And the doll holds this weird device with wires sticking out of it. And then there are a dozen or so ghostly children's hands reaching out for the boy through a glass panel of doors that are right behind him. Huh.
3: Yeah, that doesn't sound very comforting.
2: No, I kind of love it. Um, it reminds me of the faceless ice skating sisters painting that I got at an auction a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. I'm
1: obsessed.
2: Um. This painting was put on display at the Fine Garden Gallery in Beverly Hills, and allegedly the people who owned or displayed the painting experienced eerie phenomena, such as feeling watched, hearing whispers, or witnessing the figures in the painting moving or changing expressions. No,
3: no, 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 (laughs) God, no.
2: There are even reports of people falling ill or meeting untimely deaths after being exposed Mm. to the painting. Interesting. So it was the early 1970s. And after all the production work that I did over the last couple of episodes for the Halloween stories, Mm -hmm. I really want to jam in some like funky disco (laughs) beats. (laughs) It was the early 1970s. An artist, Bill Stona, had a solo gallery exhibition in L.A. He had a two-year contract with the Charles Fine Garden Gallery. This particular piece, The Hands Resist Him, caught the attention of Henry Seldis, an art critic from the L.A. Times, and an actor named john marley ended up buying the piece if you recognize john marley but you can't quite place it he is the actor famous for waking up next to a horse's head in the godfather okay you had kind of a similar experience didn't you
3: um yes uh it wasn't a horse's head it was a uh (laughs) the shank of a lamb yeah oh yeah my uh I was a kid, my mom bought our dog just, you know, one of those bones from a slaughterhouse that, yeah, Yeah. and um, the dog hid it in my bed.
2: Oh, wow. I was talking about the pig's head thing on your doorstep.
3: Oh, that's a whole different story. We don't have time to get into that one.
2: (laughs) You've just had so many experiences with dismembered animals, (laughs) it's hard to keep track.
3: Yep, they call me Jethro Slaughterhouse Runoff Toth.
2: Well, within several years, all of these men had died. Wow. Yeah. Charles Feingarden, Henry Seldes, and John Marley. After Marley passed away, the painting mysteriously resurfaced at an old brewery site where it was discovered by an elderly couple from California. In the year 2000, the painting was listed on eBay with a description that included the alleged paranormal experiences associated with it. Hmm. These people, supposedly the ones who initially put it up for auction, claimed that the painting carried a curse. The eBay listing included some creepy details to back up this curse story. They said that the characters in the painting would move around, especially at night. One, the boy, actually stepping out of the painting and into the room in which the painting was displayed. They claimed that the boy and the doll in the picture would fight with each other at night, and it terrified their four-year-old daughter. Mm. They actually set up a motion-sensing camera in the room for three nights and claimed to have captured the boy in the picture moving, apparently fleeing in terror from the girl doll in the painting.
3: I would like to see this footage.
2: In the eBay listing, they even provided a series of photographs that allegedly showed the female doll character threatening the male character. Wow, wow. Which they said is what made him want to try to escape the painting. The owners warned buyers not to bid on the painting if they were quote, faint of heart or, quote, unfamiliar with supernatural events.
3: See, this sounds like some great Hitchcockian marketing.
2: They even added a disclaimer that absolved them of any responsibility if something Mm. were to happen to someone who did buy the painting. The eBay auction was viewed over 30,000 times. There was an initial bid of $199, but the painting eventually received 30 bids and sold for a little over $1,000. Of course, this listing and the story that went with it led to increased public interest and speculation.
3: A good story sells. It's true.
2: The buyer, Perception Gallery in Grand Rapids, Michigan, eventually contacted the artist and relayed the unusual story of its auction on eBay and their acquisition of it and he reportedly was quite surprised by all the stories and the strange interpretations of what was going on in the painting when he was asked about it he said that the boy is based on a photograph of himself at the age of five now stoneham was adopted And the painting of the doorway is a representation of the dividing line between the waking world and the world of fantasy and possibilities, while the doll is a guide that supposedly would escort the boy through these possibilities. Hmm. The titular hands reaching through the glass panels represent alternate lives or possibilities between those worlds. I think the, the overall theme is the what ifs.
3: Yeah, the unexplored possibilities. Mm.
2: The title comes from a poem written by his then wife, which reads in part, the hands resist him like the secret of his birth. So it's a very personal painting. It's taken on this whole different life of being haunted and cursed and murdering people. According to the artist, the object presumed by the eBay sellers to be a weapon is actually nothing more than a dry cell battery and a tangle of wires. Though no explanation of what that means. Yeah, what
3: the significance of that is. Right
2: Now, someone who is so captivated by the story of this painting commissioned a new painting in the series. Bill Stoneham, the artist, called it renaissance at the threshold and it shows the same characters from the original painting but 40 years older in that same unique very unsettling style there's another follow-up called threshold of revelation and that was completed in 2012 and that sheds some light on some of the mysteries surrounding the boy's life including the identity of the girl doll it turns out to be his long-lost sister
3: And these were done by the original artist? Yes.
0: Okay.
2: And you can see these all online. There's another piece, the most recent, called The Hands Invent Him. And that depicts the scene from the other side of the glass door. Ooh. Ooh. So this artist really does explore some internal shit. Mm. And that in itself, I think, is really interesting and fascinating. And I don't, whether or not all of the haunting and the curse and all that business is true, you know, can't say for sure, but I think it doesn't need that. I think it's interesting enough all on its own. In 2016, Darren Kyle O'Neill released a fictional story titled The Hands Resist Him, be careful what you bid for (laughs) and that revolves around this famous haunted artwork and his narrative centers on a serial killer known as the life swapper and it uses the painting as a foundation and it's because this man darren kyle o'neill had his own unique encounter with this eerie artwork Really? He was living in Dubai, and he discovered the painting online and decided to print it out. He was drawn to it, and he wanted to use it for something. So he printed it out and left it on his desk. Then he left for a month-long trip to Italy. When he came home from Italy, he found his house in complete disarray. There was a malfunction in the air conditioning system, and everything was covered in mold. Ooh. Everything except... No. 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 For the printout of the hands resist him, it was placed alongside other documents on his table, which were completely destroyed, but the hands resist him print was untouched.
3: That's interesting.
2: All in all, this whole saga is like something out of a twisted ghost story. Of course, um, I love that it blends art and mystery and a little, a little truth and a little supernatural, and it's it's good fun. Plus. It's a very cool painting, and she, you should check it out. The huh. Hands Resist Him by Bill Stoneham. His art is fascinating.
3: I'm going to have to do some research on this guy.
2: Would you like to see the painting?
3: I would very much. Thank you. Yeah, that's horrifying. That, <laughs> yeah, that's beautifully done. Right? It almost looks like a photograph.
2: I love it. I got my information from The Lineup, PopCulture.net, and Far Out Magazine.
3: We would like to welcome the latest members to the Order of Freaks on Patreon. They're supporting us, and we appreciate that. Samantha, Lois, Sundine, Tiffany, and Chameleon. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that reasonably close to it being correct.
2: Also want to send a huge thank you to Rick and Steve for sending us pictures of the American guinea hog they saw in their yard. <laughs> I'm obsessed And I don't know how one attracts a guinea hog to their yard, but I would like to learn.
3: Are you giving the freak family another task (laughs) to teach you how to attract a guinea hog into your, into your life?
2: Or just bring me a guinea hog (laughs) either way.
3: If you'd like to join the Order of Freaks and support The Box of Oddities, you can find the link on our website, theboxofoddities.com. We'll see
0: you next time.
2: Until then, keep flying that freak flag.
0: Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that The Box of Oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance we ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the box of oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, we wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. The box of copyright 2023 all rights reserved.
1: Hi, I'm Neil and I'm Ken and we are from the Triviality podcast, a pub trivia style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world. Plus, Tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story